I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Relax this Sunday with a little moment to yourself and the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. From the king of sports books comes the king of sports podcasts. Unleashed. Presented by BetMGM. Here's your hosts, Jerry Ferrara and Olivia Harlan Decker. Welcome to Unleashed, where today, Thursday, is the 26th ever sports equinox, which means all four of the major sports leagues have games today. There's so much to bet, so little time. Jerry, are you a bit overwhelmed with the sports equinox? You know, I I am. Typically, I'm well prepared for this, but uh, I, I think it's because like usually the Giants are almost out of it already, and you know, I'm not really as excited about the. I mean, I'm excited about the Knicks, but. No, I'm. I'm. I, there's too much going on. The Yankees are in the play. It's catching me off guard. I'm not fully prepared. But oh, what a wonderful time to be alive! Oh, what a wonderful time of year. And the NBA obviously started on Tuesday night, and we've got a pretty cool guy to break it down today. Kevin Garnett, the big ticket is here. And Jerry, last week I teased the end of the show with that I knew the story and the guy who named him the big ticket. So are you ready to hear it? Are you going to give that to the audience and me right now? Because, yes, I've been waiting for this. Yeah. So my dad, Kevin Harlan's a play-by-play announcer, and he kind of got his big break in the industry being the Timberwolves play-by-play announcer when he was like 28, 29, something like that. He was super young. and Or I'm sorry, like 25, 26. And KG was a rookie. And their names are both Kevin and they were both young guys, obviously KG much younger, and they kind of became quick friends and have a lot of history together. And I'll kind of bring that up when KG gets on here. But, you know, the wolves were so bad and my dad was young and had all this energy and was kind of crazy. And if you YouTube Kevin Harlan Timberwolves, you will hear the funniest (laughs) play by play calls. It's rich. But yeah, one night he just names in the big ticket. 
and it has stuck ever since. And my dad laughs. He's like, I never thought in a million years that one would catch on. Like it was just kind of pulled it out one night. And it, it, what a great nickname though, right? It's a great nickname and it really does suit him because he played in the place where before he came there in Minnesota, attendance was not record setting. But the minute, right. you know, he came on the scene, that arena was filling up. It, it did feel like a big ticket. And then when he goes on throughout his career, you know, all the playoff games with the Celtics and that style and battles with the Lakers, any game that Kevin Garnett was involved in was, in fact, a big ticket. Great nickname. I mean, I just love that. And yeah, my dad talks about when he was a teenager, because obviously he went straight to the league, that the team brought some of his friends like on the charter playing with them on the buses, let him travel with them to make the transition easier because he was a kid. And he even said one night that they brought McDonald's on the plane after a game for him one night. You know, he's just he's a teenager. He just wanted some McDonald's. So totally unique situation. Obviously, there have been few guys as successful to go right out of high school into the NBA. And I'm curious now if he thinks that should still be a thing. Now the world is so different than when he was a rookie. And there are so many different paths to going pro. and that's if you skip college, which we've seen that now. So it's it's a it's a totally different time in the NBA, and I'm very curious what he thinks about this generation. Yeah, you know, I just remember too when he came into the league, being excited because you know something I never really thought about was high school players coming in. You know, yeah, and then obviously being a big New York fan, and the Knicks were good during this time period when KG was a rookie coming in and stuff like that. But then when he got to play with Marbury, which every Knicks fan and New York fan was going to root for Marbury no matter where he went. So yep. that's kind of one of the greatest, like almost like unanswerable questions. Like what would have happened if those two could have really worked it out? Cause they were starting to get that pick and roll going, you know, players now years later after the fact say that that pick and roll was starting to get scary so uh but yeah love kg very excited to talk to him and he's like a great actor now he's in one of my favorite right. movies uncut gems which uh yeah and he's great in the movies so i i want to talk to him about some of that stuff too no i know industry man now you guys are in the same industry you can pick his brain on that but no this is great what were your takeaways though from tuesday night opening nba Look, it's it's so easy to overreact. It's a lot of fun to overreact because we have nothing to react to other than, you know, these everyone's game one. Uh, for me, it really is scary if I'm a Laker fan. I'm not jumping the gun yet. Uh, I know their playoff odds are kind of decreasing and that's becoming a popular bet. But it really, Anthony Davis looked great. So if you're going to focus on something mm -hmm. positive, you got to focus on the fact that AD looks great. He looks fit. He's got to stay healthy. So, but I do think it's a play-in type situation for them and they got to just survive and get there. So very worried if I'm a Laker fan. If I'm a Warrior fan, it's like, just make it through the season healthy and you'll be fine. It's gonna, to me, it's going to be like a ho-hum Warriors year. Make it through the year healthy, develop the younger guys further and just get ready for your run because they, they look great. Warriors look great. You're so right. Especially after the Draymond pool punch and the video leak and all the drama that we were talking about just last week. And the team looks great. I, I like everyone else was watching. Okay. Are Draymond and pool going to be like buddy, buddy, are they going to try to make a point that all is well? And I think that was underwhelming. We didn't get any confirmation that all was well. You know, they played together. Fine. An 11 man rotation. I like this with the Warriors. Steve Kerr was mentioning that they're really deep this year and he wants to go deep in the bag and he did. And then obviously Steph Curry, 33 points. He was fantastic. 
the Lakers. Let's elaborate on that because I was following the story of who's the starting lineup. And one of their preseason games, Westbrook came off the bench and then he uh, hurt his hamstring and he blamed it on coming off the bench. He said, my whole career started. I didn't even know what to do with my body to how to stay warm. And he was pretty vocal that he didn't like that experimental lineup change from new coach Darvin Ham. Darvin Ham said he's not sure what group he'll consistently start moving forward. So it's interesting. At, at halftime of that game, Charles Barkley was very candid that he thinks Russell needs to move. He needs a change of scenery. He's not happy. Lakers don't need him. He's kind of lost his mojo, his exuberance. And since they're not a championship contender, you know, let's just move on. Let's let's get him out of here. So I'm curious your thoughts on that and how the Lakers are going to probably ultimately blow this thing up. Like, I would not be surprised if they try to trade AD by trade deadline and get rid of LeBron, obviously, this summer. Yeah, it's so complicated because I do love Russell Westbrook, the way he's played the game. I, I think that that's always what you want out of one of your best players. I would have even said years ago, someone who would maybe would have a hard time transitioning to a different role would be Russ because he's mm-hmm. just played the same way and he's been very one of the most successful players doing it on a personal level so to get him to change it's going to be hard it never quite fit even when that acquisition happened i wondered okay because him and lebron sort of do the same things they need the ball to be effective and i'm sorry Mm -hmm. if you have to give the ball to someone you're gonna give it to lebron james to have Mm -hmm. 80 percent of the time so it was always a question mark yeah, maybe new scenery helps him change with the role he might have to be faced with. I do think, you know, his presence on the young team could be good. I don't know, but he just wants to win. So I don't know. Are you going to send him to Detroit so he could, you know, what, is he going to help usher in the young guys? I don't know if that works. Right. But if I'm the Lakers, to me, I don't know. They know I'm just a fan talking here. There's only one out. And I, I really do think it's to trade AD. And it's probably not this year. And you can't trade LeBron this year. But I mean, God, if I really was thinking about this in context to even like the Russell Wilson trade, and we'll talk about that later if you want. But if you are the New Orleans Pelicans, I cannot think of a team that's been better positioned. Mm-hmm. Maybe since the Celtics fleeced the Nets with like no offense. I know we're talking about KG, but you know, they got all the all Brooklyn's picks for, you know, years and years and they ended up turning into Tatum and Brown. Yep. You know, well, part of that was the Sixers deal. The Pelicans, they have the Lakers picks and like a swap. Like they are so set up. People wanted David Griffin's job like a year ago. I can't think of a team that's better set up for the future than the Pelicans, other than that name that I think needs to change. Uh, It just shows you the NBA is so exciting because year to year can have a quick change where I feel like in football, it takes a touch longer. You know, here I say that now the Jets are like actually doing well. And I mean, there are clearly teams who can have almost a one-year turnaround. You could argue Jets has been two years in the making, but I don't know. I, I feel like the NBA is, oh, give, give them next year. You only need a couple guys and you only need a couple stars. Well, yeah, and with those with those one and two picks coming in this year, you know, I'm not saying that that's going to end up being the Laker pick, but if you're the Pelicans, you know, you might be one Anthony Davis injury away from that Laker pick lottery odds just being decent like having a swing at the top two picks would be insane if you have zion ingram mccollum you know herb jones and that young core it would be insane so gosh the pelican what i just can't think of a situation working out better 
than the situation has for the Pelicans. You mentioned the Celtics. Didn't know we're going to talk about the Pelicans today. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought him up because it's the start of the season. And we talk about parody so much this season in the NFL, which is really fun, especially for people who talk about it like we do. In the NBA, from a betting angle, this is the most wide open the odds have ever been. And Tuesday night didn't really change anything. The Celtics and Warriors, they both win. They're still the favorite slight edge to the Celtics at plus 500. When I checked this morning, plus 600 Warriors. And the longest, that's the longest odds for a favorite in 35 years. 35 years, Jerry. Like the favorites are five to one, six to one. And also it's the first time since 2009 that preseason favorites, it doesn't have KD or LeBron on the roster. Like, oh, is that, wow. Does that not blow your mind? 2009. A lot of things have blown my mind this year. <laughs> that tells me, though, one thing with basketball is we might be getting a touch of the parity the NFL has. Like, just a touch. I mean, NBA is always going to be top-heavy and superstar-driven, for sure. But now that we're seeing the—I don't. there's no more, like, super teams, but now we're seeing players want to pair up to give themselves the best chance. There's more of that going on. Yeah, we're getting a little bit of parity, but it's elite parity. Every team now is going to have— if you're not sort of in the tanking, you know, blow it up phase, you're going to have like two great players. Yeah. So it's great. I mean, there's so many that I don't know if you pay attention much to John Ewing's Twitter account. Oh, yeah. Uh, you always, oh, it's gold. My God. We got to get him on, on fire today. <laughs> that Sixers Celtics game, because I know mm. a lot of people were talking about, you know, this might be the Sixers year. Embiid's gotten a lot of MVP hype. He definitely did some pad stat, uh, some stat padding in that end of that right. game, which was already over. I don't know what you saw from that game. I can tell you my takeaway is, and again, one game, we know, but having fun with it, it's almost like that the Yudoka situation, as bad as it was, like it seems like the players are rising, though, totally, that and not sort of being like free, like, you know, yeah. Jalen Brown sticking up for Marcus Smart, uh, waving a finger at Embiid, and, and, and Marcus Smart not carrying that, flopping routine like he didn't go f- even further with it like it just showed a lot of poor or maybe that's just a team who went to the finals little and know that they had such a great Marcus chance Mark. yep but that's what i got from it i mean the sixers are gonna win a lot of games but i think i think there's a move that has to happen with the sixers to really be one of those finals teams well this was definitely a mismatch right i mean the celtics without their center who that's gonna be months robert williams the third so now they're small they're fast that's the way they're playing and they have to use that to their advantage, which they did on Tuesday night, and it did not work out for the 76ers, especially defensively when you look at like James Harden. He's worthless on defense, and they outscored the 76ers 24-2 to in fast break points. So that, that kind of tells you the game, right? And then, of course, the stars, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, combined for 70. They each got 35 points. That's, that's wild. With those two star wing players you can do a lot of damage in this league. And I, I, I like the Celtics to win the East and I'm kind of sticking with that. Yeah, I do too. And when those two unbelievable wings, Tatum and Brown are on the offensive end, but then they play defense Yeah, they do at a high, very, very high level. And to boot their third player, one defensive player of the year. Yeah, so right. the, I, I just think they're set up so nice. I'm envious of the way they're set up. Obviously, the coaching situation, I'm, I'm happy, you know, that Missoula got it. You know, he got his first win. He's on the board. I, I think it's going to work. I mean, it's a hard team not to have success with. So, uh, but this is a good opportunity for sure for him. I think they're going to win. Yeah, I, they're the team in the East to me still. That's the team to beat. And like you said, it's 
it's a good fire lit now, you know, for this team. And they give him the game ball. They did the, you know, a water, the water bottle shower. I want to say a Gatorade shower for, you know, to visualize what the players did with Joe Mazzula after the game. But you get it. They clearly are hyped for their coach. And that means a lot, too. So, like, kind of same thing that you see with the Warriors and the Celtics, I feel like, is they're cool with sharing the love. Like, obviously, we have major scorers, but not all teams would so casually share the love. Like when I mentioned the Warriors went 11 deep and on Tuesday night and, and uh, Celtics really seem like all for one, one for all. And I don't know. It, is it so lame to just say like, that's our finals. Like it's, that's so chalk, but after what we saw on opening week, it seems to really solidify why Vegas has them as the favorites. Yeah. I, yes. Chalk is not always great for a, for a podcast conversation, but <laughs> There's a reason why we call that. So yeah, okay, your Pelicans, that's your pick. Oh, my Pelican! I, I just, oh, what a, what a, like just a masterpiece of how things working out in your favor and just so well put. I just wish because I'm talking as a Knicks fan, it's like, oh, we could have just got that kind of break mm-hmm. for that. I, I was gonna say your Pelicans are kind of the the team you're gonna be rooting for and and keeping us informed on throughout the NBA season. But it's another bird, your Seahawks, that are in a three-way tie atop the NFC West at three and three. Jerry, tell me, you are holding this ticket. Can they actually pull it off? You've been calling this one. I, 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 they are a Trey Lance non-injury away from, I think they might even win that game against the Niners if Trey Lance doesn't go out. Now, and look, this is not knock on Trey Lance. I just think he's a young quarterback mm-hmm. who needs time to figure it out. I, I hate that he got injured. Injuries are the worst part of any sport. That being said, I think if he stays in that game, Seahawks had a good chance of winning. The Seahawks are getting better each and every week. Go look at their their numbers. Go look at whatever analytics you want to look at. Their defense, not so good, but the offense is moving the ball. Geno's getting better. They still have weapons everywhere. And I'm just, again, I don't feel confident about the Rams. I definitely don't feel confident about the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Niners, I guess I still feel it's confident about, but they've lost up. so many players on defense that I'm, whole, I'm loving this ticket. It's not going to happen, <laughs> but what a fun. I told everyone this will be your fun lottery ticket for the year, and everything I said is holding up on that. I mean, that just it's so crazy that we were sitting here laughing at you. Can you believe that we laughed at you? But the NFC West is just a dumpster fire and hey look for the 49ers sake if there is a time to have injuries it's now so when those starters come back I think they're scary I think tip to tail they're an elite team so Kyle Shanahan has to get creative he's getting creative to score he cannot rely on that defense and I mean there's there's a lot to like about San Francisco when they come back but for your sake I hope the Seahawks can and stay atop. What makes Seattle even more interesting is that they hold Denver's first and second round picks for the next two years, which look, Denver's looking it's horrible. The Pelicans. Yeah, it's a very <laughs> high pick. So at what point does Denver just say, you know, Russ, let's shut this down, get healthy, and we're going to figure it out this offseason because this is ugly. Well, I don't think they can. I mean, look, depending on what his health actually is, right? Like if he has some kind of injury that's not going to get better without real time off or surgery, you, you know, Russ is going to do whatever he has to do in the off season to get healthy. So, you know, he's going to take care of it. But when you don't have those draft picks, you're not in the business of shutting anything down. You're in the business of going forward and doing whatever you can to win. Um, 
I, one of the worst situations to be now look they're still very much in the thick of things it's not like their season's over they're they're winning ugly games when they have to the the afc west certainly is not the juggernaut that we thought they would be and we could talk about your chiefs for three weeks in a row now mm-hmm. absolutely looking horrendous when you think about what the chiefs should look like you know and i know would they stole one horrendous? of those games i think i think horrendous is a good word oh. for the chiefs the team that we're expecting to roll over everyone, losing to the Colts? Top three team in the league. I mean, okay, a last interception. From I don't Patrick have them Mahomes as a top is... three team in the league right now. You wouldn't say the top no three way. teams in the NFL are Philly, Buffalo, and Kansas City? Uh, I have Kansas City top five. I could make, I, I mean, again, we're going off of what we've seen <laughs> so far. I have other teams that I've liked the look of things way more than I've liked the like? look of what the Chiefs are doing. Like, like the Dallas Cowboys, who are about to get Dak Prescott back and have an elite defense. That's for real. Say what you want about Minnesota. I like the Vikings' weapons yeah. way more than I like the Chiefs' weapons. Now, defensively, yeah, you got me there. But I, I just, look, I'm sure they'll get it together and figure it out. But we're seeing the post-Tyree Kill offense. And yeah, Kelsey's amazing and can carry you with four touchdowns. But... uh I don't know. I got three weeks now where it has not looked good to me. You sound like you've gotten burned in fantasy. Who who was on your fantasy team this week? I only want to discuss fantasy. I'm so cheese. out. On, I'm one in five in two leagues. Like it's it's over for me. But oh. no, seriously, that Raider game, they they stole that game, and they it was it was Mahomes and Kelsey the whole way. So I don't know, I don't feel good about the Chiefs. I don't know how I got to them. But oh, Denver. I don't know if they, unless the injury is really bad with Russ or something going on. I saw some rumblings on Twitter about like a Giants may try to trade for Jerry Judy. Why on earth would Denver Hmm. trade Jerry Judy? That's just a bad Twitter rumor. Yeah. I love it because I'm a Giant fan. Something else I know last week I was kind of hard on Russell Wilson and I I still am because I heard on Richard Sherman's podcast that... Marshawn Lynch said he can't even get in touch with his former QB and they won a Super Bowl together and he would think that they'd be boys, but apparently no teammates have direct access to Russ that they have to go through like an assistant and add that to the long list of weird stories about this guy. Yeah, I, I'm sure we'll have one of these a week, but yeah, that one's certainly <laughs> strange. But no, I think if you're Denver, you're not in shutdown mode. You're in like, how do we just get healthy or maybe make one more move to get one of these seven playoff spots because then anything can yeah. happen. Russ can get hot. So, and they do have weapons. Right. There. Right. Okay. NFC North, the Packers, <laughs> man, they drop another one. The jets walked into Lambeau and shocked them, shocked me, shocked everyone. Now it's the Vikings at five and one on top of the division. They were minus or they are minus 300 to win it. Packers plus two forty. And I don't know if you saw in the post game press conference after the London game where they lost to the giants, your giants, a player was saying in the locker room afterwards that we really have to be concerned if we lose next week to the Jets. And Aaron Rodgers was like, why are we talking about next week? Why are we talking about what happens if we lose next week? And it was kind of a drama. And I thought after Aaron's comment, oh, they are winning and they're winning big. Like he is embarrassed. He is mad. He's probably gotten the locker room all riled up. He heard that comment. He didn't like hearing that comment. This is going to be a good Packers win. And oh, my God. Just insult to injury as Sauce Gardner puts the cheese on his head, not unlike I did last week. <laughs> a reverse, a reverse. A reverse. Brees Hall does a Lambo leap. I mean, and these are young players. Like, 
Woo, that's ballsy going into Lambeau Field, like the mecca in the NFL, and doing that. I mean, look, that kind of made the arm, the hair on my arm stand up. Okay, I'm going to give you some bad news and then good news. You ready? Mm-hmm. About your Packers. Uh, look, I don't believe in bullet, bulletin board material, but saying like if we lose to the Jets, we have problems tells me that whoever said that, I'm not quite sure, has not been watching the Jets the entire year. Because if you watch the Jets, the Jets, and I've been fighting against the Jets being good the entire year, and I no longer can do it. They are good. They are loaded. They hit on the draft. Now, of course, it's easy to hit on the draft when you have like a million top 10 picks. You should hit on those. But those guys are good right away. So the fact that you said if we lose to the Jets, we got problems or whatever the quote was, tells me you haven't really watched the Jets at all. And maybe that's not your job to watch a team that you play in week five. So I think that fired them up. And you said shocking. You want to know what the issue is? I don't think the Packers looked shocked. At no point, to me, did they look like they thought they were the better team. From the Mm. moment that game started, the Jets, from first play to last play, were significantly better. Now, that's the bad news. The good news is is they're chasing the Vikings, who are 5-1, and and I pulled up some schedules, and I do see a path for you to somehow stay with it in this division. Tell me. Let me know. Well, here's what the Vikings got, okay? Cardinals. At Commanders, those could easily be two wins. Then they go yeah, at yeah. Bills, Cowboys, mm. Pats, mm. Jet, the Frisky Jets, Frisky Jets, at Lions. Give them that one. The Giants, who are no no longer an easy victory, and then at the Packers, they still got one more, and then at the Bears. Fine, Vikings have a, some hard games. The Packers, Commanders yep. should get them right back on track this week. Then they go at the Bills, but then it opens up a little bit. Lions. Cowboys, that's a rough one. Titans, Eagles, at Bears, Rams on a Monday night. Miami it, for Christmas Day. What a wonderful time. They get to go to Miami for Christmas Day. That's lovely. That's lovely. I couldn't think of a better place to go for yeah. Christmas Day. I think that they could, I think in that schedule I just mentioned, there's four wins and then there's like three swing games. So if they could pull out some of those swing games, they could still have a showdown in week 17. In Green Bay versus the Vikings for the division. There is a path, but it's not an easy one. It is not an easy one. Yeah, okay, let me tell you the bad news. The Packers have only scored 107 points, which is the lowest in any six-game stretch in Aaron Rodgers' career. So, (laughs) that's the bad news. Uh, He has no deep ball threats. He's uh, 20% on the deep ball and zero touchdowns. I was going into the Jets weekend, so into last weekend. And also, Matt LaFleur traditionally does really bad when he plays a friendly, meaning the guy standing (laughs) on the other sideline is a buddy. And Robert Sala was the best man in Matt LaFleur's wedding, and obviously his brother is on the Jets staff. So uh, that was a a really rough one, insult to injury, and I'm very concerned and disappointed in the Packers uh, roster, honestly. All right, should we be bold? Every, everyone's saying, though, oh, we have no deep ball threats. We have no receivers. We have a horrible receiving core, blah, blah. That's true. And, oh, my gosh, here we are. We're acting all surprised that Aaron has no one to throw to. And I, so it's kind, of, it's kind of disappointing. And I know that fans at Lambeau were booing, and they're booing this team off the field because they're mad at the front office. If they lose to the commanders, which I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not trying to stoke. If they lose to the co- commanders, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, yo, get me out. I'm out. 
I'm, I'm, I'm in the butt. Get me out of here, please. Yeah. Please, like take take some money. Whatever you gotta do, take some money back and do what? I, call San Francisco, ask for 19 <laughs> first round picks or whatever. Like blow yeah. it, get me, get me out. I'm I'm using my safe word. Oh Kevin Hart, you said pineapples, pineapples, <laughs> pineapples. Get me out. <laughs> okay, so obviously a big topic this week was Robert Kraft's wedding, which is. Amazing. And Meek Mill was there. And obviously Robert Kraft was big on getting him out of jail and all that. And the only reason I bring that up is because Meek Mill had himself a great weekend because he was at the Eagles game and Darius Slay gave the game winning ball to him, too. (laughs) So I was just laughing. I love when sports and pop culture like intersect. But uh, obviously Eagles six and oh, stellar defensive performance, three interceptions. Um, I mean, Eagles are so legit. Like there's not a weakness on that team. Yeah, like we, we mentioned it earlier, that eight and a half win total, easily the lock of the year. Uh, they crushed it with the draft. And yeah, it's just, I mean, even like their coach Sirianni is just screaming, what a F you, that's game, like totally fits the Philly blueprint of what they want to do yeah. there. Yeah, as a team that is in their division, and I've watched them closely, haven't even played them yet though, but I'm scared. Now, the only thing you hope for is maybe they're just peaking too soon. And maybe it'll even out as we get more film on them. But you look around, there's just weapons everywhere. That defense is nasty. It's the only good. They consistently are the highest scoring part of my fantasy lineup each and every week. So uh, there you go. NFC East. This is the year of opposites. We're living in the upside down. The NFC East is great. We talked about the Pelicans for six minutes on the podcast. (laughs) Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. We should rethink them as quarterbacks. We're in the twilight zone part of 2022. And then obviously everyone else is talking about this, but the Robert Kraft wedding <laughs> and Tom Brady's there also without Giselle. I'm just pointing out. I hate, I hate to watch this, but everyone is Tom Brady's there. He misses walkthrough on Friday for a Sunday game and they lose. And everyone is saying, what Tom, what are you doing? And he, you know, he's yelling at his offensive line. And if I'm one of those linemen just working my ass off and I was at Friday's walkthrough, even if you're the goat, I'm like, bro, don't, don't yell at me like that. You know what uh, I mean? Like Tom already misses Wednesdays and now he missed this Friday walkthrough. It's just, why did Tom come back this year? I'm, like it's been nothing but a I'm mess. such a smart ass. If I was one of those offensive linemen while he's yelling at me, I would have said right when he's done, he'd be like, hey, Tom, did you have chicken steak or fish at the wedding? Just curious. I'm wondering. Oh, what did you, what did you, that's a good line. <laughs> what did you eat? Like that's how I would get at it. Uh, I actually argued for Brady in the off season when he took some personal time. And he, you know, yep. sashayed in on late for whatever practice. Like, I-, I was all for it. He's earned it. He could do it. But now we're talking about, as fans, Olivia, and people who talk about sports on the podcast, that we don't want to go to a wedding, like, on a Sunday during yeah. football or even really that weekend in football season. Could you imagine if you were playing in the game and you went? So. I mean- I don't believe, like, bulletin board material. I really don't think that the Steelers are like, Brady went to the wedding, let's get him. I don't think it was that. But again, I know the Steelers are not good. They're riddled with injuries, the rookie quarterback, all of that stuff. But it's Mike Tomlin. Like I always say, like, that's, I'm never underestimating any Mike Tomlin team. I'm just not. So yeah. that's, that one might come back to, to hurt them. That really might come back to hurt them. Yeah. And they're in, a bad division. They lead the NFC South right now. Well, they're tied with the Falcons. The Falcons. The undefeated so against the spread Falcons. <laughs> oh, my God. How rich. But, uh, yeah, Buccaneers have the Panthers uh, on the road this weekend. They're an 11-point favorite. 
Uh, you got to think that's a slam dunk, but I kind of think they're they're falling apart there. I've had, I had the Bucks in the 10 point. I, I was undefeated in 10 point teasers this year until that Steelers game. I had the the, the Bucks were minus 10 and a half. I teased them down to basically pick them. And yeah, they ruined my undefeated t- 10 point teaser streak as well. And they're 10 point favorites again, which is ironic. Coming up next, Jerry, we've got to get to the big ticket. I was just going to say, I'm a nickname guy. So, Olivia, I don't know your nickname. Uh, Jerry, I don't know your nickname, but I do know know you're known as Turtle. So I was like, oh, Turtle, want to holler? Oh, hell yeah, let's do it. He's like, ah, James, Jerry, don't call him Jerry on this. You know what I mean? Oh, my fault. So, yeah, if a turtle slips out, it's okay. I'm a huge fan of yours, bro. Likewise. KG, you actually go further back with me. I don't know if you know this. So my dad's Kevin Harlan. So back in 1998. Yeah. Back in 1998, uh, you were playing in Puerto Rico for like an Olympic qualifier. And I was five years old. And my dad said you were in the pool and we were in the pool and you were throwing me up in the air like playing with me and he said you couldn't have been any any nicer to me and i probably thought you were the tallest person i'd ever seen and probably still are uh, your dad made me babysit you for like 30 seconds <laughs> you had to go to the bathroom or something and yeah you got the crying and the only thing that would get you no, I'm joking. Ooh, i apologize <laughs> oh that's pretty good yeah. and then i was working though. yeah I was working I for the that. Hawks a couple of years back and it had to have been your final year. And I, I stopped you at shoot around to tell you that story and say hi again. But um, I've got to tell you, so my dad was obviously there your rookie year and just thinks the world of you. You all have crossed paths later at Turner and then NBA 2K. I know you do together, but he says one of the things that meant the most to him that you did is surprised him at his going away party with the Timberwolves. I don't know if you remember doing that, but that meant a lot to him. Kay Harlan is, 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 is one of the rare people that I call family. I don't know if y'all even know this, but him and, he and, um, him and Trent Tucker used to do the Timberwolves games, and he's the one that actually gave me the big team. Yeah. He's the one that actually gave me that. And I thought he was high on herbs or <laughs> drunk at the time when he made it. I, it wasn't like the best, but when he explained on what it meant, I was like, oh, okay, I can feel that. I can feel that. But, Kevin Harlan, Kevin Harlan has always had the greatest energy to do sports, and he's always he should have been a he should have been a musician the way he can freestyle and just think of it right off. He's so witty, and I look at people like K. Hall and and Stuart Scott as like true mm-hmm. trendsetters of that category, and and it just I remember I remember um, him telling me that you went into network or something in Orlando yeah. that you have you had bagged a big job and how exciting you was and that you had grown <laughs> up and you had got graduated. We had like a full grown conversation almost Aww. like in like and I was just like you know congrats to you and all that. So it's, man, it's it's great to see you. It's great to see where you at and man the journey, eh? Oh man, wow, that's really nice of you like, to say. You feel, oh man, I feel like super <laughs> duper old. Man. God damn. Yeah. So you may like turtle, but remember you go further back with me, 1998, but I actually want to start with your rookie year because my, my dad was then telling me, he said, you know, how rare it was coming into the league teenager and that the Timberwolves try to make you as comfortable as possible. And they try to make the transition easy by letting you bring some friends along on the charter. 
And I think one time getting you McDonald's, like, what do you remember about that first year? Oh man, my first year uh, was probably the most memorable because it was a one of one. Everything that I was doing, they had never let players do mm -hmm. up until that point. I was young. I couldn't, I, I had like a, a circle. Uh, well, I put like, I'll say a box. I'll say I put myself in the box. I was in like a box of just certain stuff that I could only do. And it felt like that. Uh, when I was actually uh, out of town and the, you know, the team gets ready to go somewhere and watch the game. They go to like a, a strip club or something. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't able to get into the strip club because they served alcohol or they, they go to a bar. So the continuity of me being with teammates kind of went out the window very quick. So Kevin McHale was like, well, we do team functions, but when the guys go be guys, you know, it's, you need your friends. So maybe you can bring a couple of your friends. And I was like, huh? And it actually helped. It helped to have uh, people around you that actually knows you and, you know, kind of knows your habits. Uh, my friends quickly uh, saw and had to experience the NBA life, you know, oh. themselves. When we had to get up and catch buses, they had to be on those buses. Uh, uh, when we had to leave cities and they had to be on the first or second bus, they had to be on the second bus. They had to sit in certain seats on the plane. It was it was like they fought the team. After the second road trip, they did. They, 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 I couldn't get them to go. On yeah. <laughs> It's actually work. It was too special. You know, it was too, it was so work. And I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> weapon in my life, you know? But um, I thank the Timberwolves for that, man. It helped, yeah. it helped, it helped the, uh, the transition a little more to be a little more simple, not easy, because you still have to travel, you still have to perform, you still have to prepare. It's still a structure, it's still, you know, but at the end of the day, it's basketball. So, you know, you get it and this is what you want to do. Um, so it was like we were seeing every city in its best form that we can see it. Mm -hmm. And uh, we took advantage of it. We would always go see some of the monumental stuff that probably I wouldn't have done if I couldn't get into some of those bars yeah. and stuff. But it helped, it, helped, it helped grow me is the point I'm getting at. Yeah. I actually think that's a better version than Entourage was because that's a lot what Entourage was, like bringing your friends along and experiencing that. Has anyone right. ever approached you? And look, we obviously know you have like a bigger acting career than I do at this point. Has everyone ever approached you about, you know, dramatizing that on screen? That would be a great, even like a one year, like just thinking about, because I'm always fascinated with, you know, pro athletes and the amount of, when you talk about road trips, we, the fans don't know what you're packing, where you're sleeping, what you're eating. We don't know. We just know you guys are there when the game shows up. So I'm always interested in how that part of being a professional athlete works. That's a great, well, That'd be great as a show. You know, you know how Hollywood's funny and finicky. It's about you know who 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 you're able to uh, put that in front of and who believes in that vision. And then two, everything gets rated by probably Entourage. Can it be better than Entourage? Entourage is kind of the bar too, if I'm being frank. But yeah, uh, I would say something like that where it would definitely make for great TV. Eh, bottles of some, but it wasn't Entourage. You know what I'm saying? Entourage is like a, a in depth kind of. It was insight for the first time to see how, you know, actors and, you know, people that are in film, uh, when they have a crew and how they do it. It's very similar in the, in the sports world. You know, everybody's sports world. You got homies, you got you got you got uh, functions you got to go to. Your boys got to kind of act a certain way in those functions. Yeah. You know, you get embarrassed. It, it's a bunch. So I actually connected with Entourage. Like Entourage was speaking to me like, what the? <laughs> Are they in here? What? Hold on. I'm having some of those same episodes. Hold on. Oh, my God. Turtle is actually bugging. Over here is art. And so it really was talking to me. 
Yeah, something like that. I haven't been approached about that, but that would be like that would be that would be heaven TV if I'm if I'm being. Well, frank. we got to talk about that because that, yeah, that's let's do it. Let's talk. I, I just I just saw the whole season. Just imagine like 19 year old kids having to catch like a team bus to a plane to an arena like oh, yeah. that. That's a show to me. That I would watch that in a minute. The way you just laid it out. Listen, a lot of the episodes, a lot of the episodes wasn't even. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. during the games, you know, the games is the easiest part of the NBA, if I'm being frank, because mm -hmm. you practice and you're prepared. It's the other 20, 20 hours you got of time to yourself to find sleep, to find, you know, social time, to, to, to get rest. And it's, it's just a shit show. If I'm being frank, it's, 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 it's an absolute shit show. Um, but you figure it out, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, you want to actually make your mistakes when you're younger. I never, I'm not a troublemaker. I didn't really get into a lot of trouble. I didn't really... I want one of these kids that was going to, you know, go out and get caught drunk or be drink driving or, you know, some other joints. But I rode with a deep crew <laughs> from the hood, uh, you know, <laughs> things fine. But, you know, I was huge on uh, being the bigger person, especially when we went out. I was big on creating my own aviance and creating my own space mm -hmm. to be able to create. Um, so it wasn't, you know, even though you have run-ins with other people and other celebs and stuff like that, I always scoop a cool head. I always made sure my, my crew kept a cool head. And uh, we knew while we were out. We wasn't just, you know, out just to be out sometimes. We knew where we was going to be out. We was going to have fun just how long we were going to be out. And then we out again. 
So, so you know, it sounds good and it sounds like it's perfect, but no, you know, you have episodes yeah. in which it doesn't go all like that, but yeah, we're fortunate. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be a lot for a teenager to handle. So with that being said, do you think the NBA should allow players coming out of high school? My, my philosophy on that is that if you're able to make a NBA team, just like if you're able to uh, mm -hmm. cast for a role and make that role and be able to be that, then yeah, you should have the opportunity to chase that dream or be able to perform or be able to uh, at least get a, a crack at the job mm -hmm. if, if, if it's in your heart or if it's something that you, you, know, you want to do. I'm all for kids coming out of high school. I actually think it's better. If you ask me, you, 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 you learn so much in these ranks of basketball. And I, and I didn't get to go collegiate. I didn't go the collegiate route, but collegiate routes comes with a bunch of additives too. And it has a bunch of uh, great purposes and where players have went four years of school and gotten better that way. I'm more uh, on hand learning. Like if you show me something one or two times, I can remember it. I can see how I do certain stuff. And, you know, I see a lot of kids come from college, create a lot of bad habits for themselves. And not to say, you know, to who's his own, obviously, but for me, I created habits within the league and the league habits. I learned how to be a professional from professionals. I learned how to uh, carry myself in a certain way because of the lifestyle and stuff that I was being embedded to. And it was teaching me how to be with a bunch of professionals around me speaking professional, using certain uh, language, not so much slang. You're going to start to actually endure some of that yourself. So I like to think that coming to the league actually helped me be a better professional. I was already a worker. I was already a person who would get down and get gritty and, and work really hard. I didn't care about how long I had to work. I come from a working background. I come from a working family. My mom was a solid. So, you know, I had examples. So a lot of it was just for me, just downloading, understanding these plays. You got like a playbook. A playbook in the league is about this thick and you got to know it. And you got to know where you're supposed to be at. And if you got to play another position, you got to know that. So it, just, it was a bunch of downloading the particulars when it came to the game, that was kind of the biggest obstacles for me. Plus the travel, everybody struggles with the travel, back-to-backs, and then being injured and just playing. But, you know, it was basketball, so I didn't care what it was. I played in the middle of, of Lake Minnetonka, frozen lake if I had to. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, when you love something, you don't, you don't really care. I think the kids should have an opportunity to be able to come out of high school if they're able to. Simple and plain. So I don't want to fast forward too far because we're talking about the 19-year-old version, but last year you know, 75th anniversary, 75 players on the court. Pretty remarkable to see. I'm watching it with my buddies and we're like looking at all you and obviously we're just like, wow. What? And then we're starting to think like, who do you think wants to like lace him up the worst right now and just go at it? And I feel like I'm just watching and looking at your guys' faces. You were definitely like top three of like, oh, KG. Yeah. Like, I just feel like he's just always ready. He's just always ready. Yeah. If he need, like, he's just always ready. You know what, man? It wasn't even that. I was in a bliss yeah. and I got caught just, being like in the awe mm. of it. And I I, I kind of just sat back and just kind of took a deep breath and just woo side. It was kind of surreal. And when we all got in like a confined room and the story started going and then here come the here come, here come the chatter and then oh well uh. and the jackets get to coming off and yo, I did you like this and get a good. And then Jordan coming here and shut everybody <laughs> up because he not damn near killed everybody <laughs> in the room and Young, middle, and old, like it's just, it, it, it was, the fraternity is a real fraternity and uh, it was, I'm, I'm blessed to be part of it. And yeah, I'm a, listen, you're very, matter of fact, you're 100% accurate when it comes to the get on. 
Sometimes when I'm in New York and I'm walking past West Fourth or I'm like near court or something, I'm looking there, I'll stop and I'll just gaze into the cage a little bit. And I'm like, eh, <laughs> let me keep on walking. I got something I got to do. But yeah, I'm, listen, I think I'm going to always have a competitive spirit in me, man. That's just part of my makeup and part of me loving to see, uh, yeah, where I'm at. Because young boys think they the nice. Young, you know, young kids got their little moves and all that. The other day, uh, not the other day, but probably like 2017, I was somewhere in Minnesota and it was raining. A little kid was outside shooting. And I stopped at the stop sign, kind of, you know, plus a little neighborhood. So I stopped, left the car running, jumped out. And uh, I said, uh, let me get a shot. And he said, oh my God, KG, check. And I said, check. He says, yeah, check. I checked him up. I kept an eye on the car. I let him get a shot off. He missed it. I went, I checked it back up. I went around, dunked it, boom. <laughs> The ball on, said, keep working on your game, and ran right to the car and just took off. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know, just, yeah, yeah. I bet, you know, you got to get it I bet off. none you of know, his friends believe that story when he told that. So now he has proof. Listen, <laughs> I, had to, I had to check the street and see what street I was on just so I can double back on this block. You know what I'm check on his game, see how he's doing. Check on his game, see how it's going. Yeah, you already know. Oh, that's rich. KG, what was the player that was easiest to get in their head? And who was the player who was hardest to get in their head? Uh, player easiest to get in their heads. I can't say the easiest, but someone who was ready to talk and right. blab. Like, um, yeah, Zach Randolph was always ready to talk yeah. trash. He was, already, he was always ready to bear fight. Andre Blanche, uh, this kid out of uh, D.C., yeah. he was... He didn't start, but man, he was he was, he was a talker. He loved the because the talk actually encourages it and boosts mm -hmm. you. You know what I'm saying? Timmy D by far. Timmy D was probably the hardest to be able to. Um, I call him antic. You know, when you're talking trash, sometimes to talk trash just naturally comes in just you know the bumping of yeah. of uh, playing and talking and all this. But a lot of times. The trash talking wasn't even trash talking. It was for myself. It was for me talking to myself and just in my own zone and trying to get myself going and something I ain't do right. I'm, you know, and then, you know, someone, you know, intervenes or comes in between that, then, you know, that's interaction. But, you know, every night it was different. You know, if I'm being mm -hmm. honest, uh, some some nights you wouldn't even have conversation uh, that, you know, your player be doing all the talking. Um, but, you know, when, when, when I'm probably at my best or whatever, I'm probably the hurt. And not as um, physical as I want to be, or, or as, as 100 as I want to be. A lot of times when I'm when 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 I'm in a groove, it's because I was lacking something, and it made me focus on something. The times where I had a bunch of energy and I was feeling great and all this, if some of the worst nights I shot the ball, I was just super super gassed, couldn't focus, whatever it was. But I never, I've always found myself um, that when I'm kind of like. Uh, I don't even know uh, when I'm kind of like handicapped a little bit. Like don't don't one of my knees is hurt or my mm -hmm. ankles really messed up or something that I know. I wouldn't have talk. I would I would I would really really be in my head and I would really talk out loud and that's where you know it would be crossed on. Yeah, you're talking trash out here. I'm really out my head just talking to myself, trying to get myself going. But yeah, that that's a that's a great question. But yeah, TD and um, Tim Duncan and uh, Rasheed. Rasheed would actually talk back to me. You know what I'm saying? But he was a whole nother storm, so I wouldn't always want to start yeah. that. You know what I'm saying? But yep. he was high level. She was always high level. And a lot of people didn't know, man, he had a lot of different moves that he only used one or two. And that was his arrogance. I'm not bringing no hook shot out on you. <laughs> For what? You can't even block it. And, you know, 
But it was always fun to play him. It was always fun to uh, be in that interaction with him. Sometimes Timmy would just let you talk the whole night, wouldn't say two words mm. to you. He wouldn't give you the energy. And then some nights he'll laugh at you and make you feel like, you know, dirt and it'll really piss you off a little more. So, yeah, after a while, I just, I just, I just, I started using that energy uh, in, in other places. So, yeah. yeah. But yeah, talking trash is fun. That's a fun part of the game. It's fun, but I try to tell, like, I, I obviously, I'm a big Knicks fan. I go to a lot of games when I can, and I watch the fan make a mistake. Like, there's just some players that oh, yeah. I don't know how you feel about when the fans start chattering. I think it was a Knicks-Thunder game, like, Haida Russ, Haida Russell Westbrook, and Knicks were up by, like, 12. Knicks weren't very good. Russ was kind of having a rough game, and this one fan starts jawing with Russ, and Russ starts talking back. I'm like, don't do it because you're only going to fire this dude up. And sure enough, Russ finished with 40, 18, and 12, and they won by 12 points. And I'm just like, that's a bad fan mistake. There's some players just got to know, like, if he's having a bad game, just be quiet. Let that continue. Don't, don't say anything to him. Bad mistake by fans. We call that waking the dog. There's a famous clip out of a guy uh, named uh, MJ in Vancouver. You can look this up. This is already MJ in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver Grizzlies expansion team, you know, don't have a good record. They're beating the Bulls by 25 going into the fourth quarter. The fans are up. They're cheering on things. Free yogurt, free donuts. It's all this. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, damn, why am I going blank on Derek's now? I can't. I'm going blank on um, uh, oh, anyway. That's we'll find it for right. you. Anyway, he's at the end of the bench and he's talking trash to MJ. What a lot of people don't know is that he was just in Minnesota two weeks before that talking trash to MJ. He had 15 points in the first quarter. Man, he came out cold. And then MJ, he just got to start talking trash to MJ. And MJ locked his ass up, and he didn't get another point out. Didn't play no more. Ripped them. Had three straight 10-second uh, calls. Couldn't get the Derek ball Martin. over. Like, it was embarrassing. Derek Martin. Derek Martin. I don't know why I couldn't believe, uh, remember that. But I'm saying this to say that he goes to Vancouver Gets the trash talking to MJ. MJ goes for 21 in the quarter, comes back, beats Vancouver. Oh. They cut the man the next oh. oh. But it's, it's a sad story. <laughs> it's a sad story. The moral of the story is that when you actually, it's certain players that can actually take the trash talking and go to another level in what we call waking the dog. And Russ, Russell Westbrook has that actually button in that next level in him that he can go and take a game over like that. And what fans don't know is that, first off, fans talking trash is part of the game. I don't know where y'all come from, but, you know, if you ever go to a court in New York or you go to a court in Chicago, even if you go to a court in South Carolina, you know, it's going to be people there watching, and they're going to have something to say. They, they got who they watching, and it just goes like that. And uh, I always said that you can choose to actually verbally talk back or you can choose to ignore it. You know, the first thing in talking trash is that you got to be able to back it up because, you know, trash talking can go left, too, you know. But for the most part of it being trash talk, it does encourage and it can actually bring a second or take a player to another level. And men and women, too. This ain't just guys. This women. Candace Parker, uh, Cheryl Swoops. These, these are these are all documented as women that have, you've been trash talking. Uh and these women go to another level when it comes to performance. So, yeah, the trash talking is great for that. And that's why it's there. And it's nothing like shutting a fan up. Man, ain't nothing like shutting a fan up or shutting an arena up. Yeah, MSG yeah. got real quiet. 
MSG got real oh, quiet okay. on the way out, out the door, and it was a long train ride home. And then people give that fan a hard I can remember time. his face. I can remember the fan's face. Yeah. If I, and if I saw him tomorrow, I'd say, you should have never opened up your mouth to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> he was like two for 12. Just let him sleepwalk. Maybe he has dinner plans after this. Yeah. Who knows? Just let it go. <laughs> Yeah, let me ask you a question, man. When are the Knicks going to get that right, man? What y'all Well, doing? you know, someone just what released, like, all the Knicks starting point guards since, like, 08. And this is, like, no disrespect, but it's, like, it, it, there hasn't been a point guard there. It, it, I, I think it's, like, Charlie Ward, Chris Childs era. So I think now that we have a true, a true, a true PG, someone who could set the offense up, make big shots in the fourth, Derrick Rose, I, I shouldn't disclude that Derrick Rose, two years ago, even though he wasn't starting, Derrick Rose was running that team when they were the four seed in the East. So, Man, what happened to Kimball? Why didn't Kimball Walker work there, man? What happened I just think that's, that, that's knees. I, think, I just think he physically wasn't there, you know? I think if he was physically there, I just think physically the knees weren't there. At least that's what every Knicks fan believes. I was hyped when we got Kemba Walker. He's a New York guy, too, you know? I was, I was hyped when we got Kemba. I want to see the Knicks have a great team, man. Mm -hmm. Like the Knicks, they haven't played on Christmas in a long time. They haven't, they haven't had the, they haven't had New York buzzing since like Mellow. You know what I'm saying? Like we need the Knicks to have a great team, man, for the NBA sake. You know, yeah. like I really believe that these these monumental franchises actually run some of the sports. Like, can you imagine if the Cowboys or if the Yankees was trash or if the Red Sox was trash? You know, like come on, man. Like certain teams, we we as fans, we actually expect certain teams to have great teams. I'm, I hate to say that. I'm glad Brooklyn has a beautiful team, but man, if that same team was a was a Nick team, we oh. thought it was going to be. <laughs> a lot of Nick fans thought it was Durant and Kyrie were coming to yeah. New York, but uh, yeah. ain't nobody ain't nobody coming over that Dolan. Ain't nobody dealing with Dolan mm. after they did that joint to uh, Charles. Oh, that was that, that was. Me. I was going to ask you like. What sticks out to you? I mean, I don't even know if, you know, you even ever imagined yourself playing for the Knicks or just whatever. And I know that, you know, the Knicks throughout the 90s and early 2000s were okay. They had a finals appearance in 99-2000. Duncan wiped the floor with them. But why do you think they just haven't been, you know, I no longer believe the big free agent is coming to New York until I see it. I don't, I just don't think it, the Knicks that is. Brooklyn's a whole different story. But, you know, and this is even going on before the Charles Oakley incident. Yeah, that wasn't a good thing for Knicks Yeah, fans, I hated man. that. Like, you know, that wasn't cool for nothing, you know? And uh, anybody that knows Oak, Oak, no, he's, he's, he's Knicks all day in his blood. You know, that's in his heart. And that was just unfortunate. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Um, I mean, I like Julius Randle. Yeah. But then, you know, he goes and shoots the crowd or <laughs> does something. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't even know, man. I, I just think that y'all are one player away. Y'all just need that one. I think it's you, I KG. I think it's you. Yeah, I think, yeah, right. I, I think we, at least your mentality. Wait, what? Listen, listen. Anything I, I'm, is possible. I'm, I'm green till I die. But uh, man, if any superstar could come to New York and just be a fourth of what he thinks he can be, he's going to be on top of the world. Because when you run New York, man, you run it all. Mm -hmm. You know, like if you cracking in New York, you cracking the majority place, and not just in America. I'm talking about universal, man. You know, if you can do it in New York, man, you can do it in a lot of places. Real shit. I want to take it back to your Celtics days. You brought it up. You bleed green. Um, a story I've always wanted clarity on that is so great. It's kind of probably grown a bit with some time. Is from the 08 season after a February game against the Lakers at Staples. 
Doc Rivers takes $100 bills from every player and puts it underneath the ceiling tile. You got to walk me through that one. Has that story grown? Um, it wasn't 08. It was, uh, it was uh, 09, 010. Okay. We went in 08. We go home, uh, conference finals, um, 09, the Lakers win it, and then meet back up with the Lakers, 010. But when we started off the year, we didn't start off with the greatest start. Came out, you know, whatever, however, whoever. And um, we play uh, the Lakers in L.A. And Doc comes in. He says, I want everybody to give me $100. <laughs> Why? Looking like, what? Looking at people, looking around. God damn it, pull out $100, everybody. God damn it. <laughs> you know, he just went so like, oh, Doc on the coffee this morning. Like, you know, <laughs> everybody's pulling out. Johnny Joe, who's the equipment manager, goes around. He's grabbing all of it. So as he's grabbing it, you see that it's starting to accumulate. It's like maybe... 30 people in this room, you know, with with coaches, players. You got, I mean, just think, you got 15 players, right? Then you got, uh, fuck, seven, eight coaches. Yeah. Then you got, you know, your minions, video guys, you know, to help everybody around, trainers. So all together, it's like 30 people. He gets $100 from every person in here. Some of the guys are like, ah, oh, so, you know, he's putting up money. Long story short, he gets it. So we, we see it. You know, it's about like this. So he's like, takes a chair takes the ceiling and removes the ceiling. So I'm like, we all looking? This is before a game, by the way, oh. too. Doc, what are you doing? Puts the money and he puts it up there and then he puts the ceiling back, comes down, he gets out the chair. We're coming back to get that money. That's so good. That's so great. <laughs> we look, he says, we coming back to get that money. Mm. I said, I'll be looking, I'll go, Doc, it, it ain't even no, it ain't even no like, what if they don't go to the final? Right, you're in LA, <laughs> right? Wait, we are in the Staples Center. I'm like, what? So I'm thinking, I'm thinking like, man, yo, I need to start pushing this ceiling back, seeing what's up here. <laughs> it is like this, putting money up here, thinking that it's going to be here. So I was like, I was up on him like, just, man, God, tripping. And he was like, if you don't believe, get out. Ooh, that's good. Wow. That's good. Because we coming back here. And we're going to be back here. And we're going to beat this team. For the championship, we're gonna get our second ring in here. Kinda okay, we hear it, you know, and he said a real Martin Luther King, like with his <laughs> chest, like really, like I have a dream, like, you know? And you felt it. And yeah. we beat the Lakers, we left, and slowly but surely we started getting better and better. Playoffs coming, open up and we getting better and better. Conference finals, better and better. And next thing you know, we're in the finals. The first day we have shoot around, we get back. The first thing he did, we get in here. He like, look, and he poured the money, and it had cobwebs, it had bullet holes, it had like like somebody had been running off the money. We was like, oh, oh, and I did not tell you we're gonna we gonna win this motherfucker. Now listen, listen. I was all in when he said we. When I saw the money there, I believe. I believe right then and there, like, you know what? Um, unfortunately, we went seven games and came up short and didn't win. But Doc Rivers was a different level of confidence. He was a stimulator, and he knew how to play the mind games to get you not only not only locked into what he was talking about, but to be able to see his visions of what he was talking about. Truly, truly a, uh, one, of the, one of the best coaches I've had in, in my life, mm. on and off the field. Mm. You stick in LA for one second before we let you go, because I read this story a while ago, and it, it has like quotes from you, but I wasn't able to like tell. I'm like, is this real coming? Like, 
you wanted to play with Kobe before you went to Boston. Is that a real story? Uh, or am I getting yeah. that wrong? No, that's a real story. Wow. Uh, before I made a decision, I had to, before I made a decision to leave Minnesota, um, I wanted to actually understand like my whole play. Like, what are my options? What's real? What's not real? And then it got to a point where I had three places and it was Phoenix, uh, LA, and Boston. And uh, I had called Steve Nash, and Steve Nash had uh, obviously talked to Sarbert, who was the uh, head of Phoenix, and he was just telling me about all this reconfiguring and yeah, things are not going to be like this, and I'm going to need you to do this and pay cuts and all this stuff and a lot, once a lot, a ton, like just coming in, like I ain't even right, even sign yet, like, <laughs> like, like what the hell? So I was like, oh wow, that's a lot to start. So I kind of crossed them off, and then um, it was down to Boston and LA. And um, I wanted to talk to Kobe, and I think he was in China at the time doing, like, something for Nike or his tour or something. And, uh, you know, I had to make some decisions. So, you know, I just put a couple calls into him. And I just, you know, gave him the respects to, you know, he's on his schedule. And then uh, I talked to Chauncey and uh, T. Lou, uh, Teron Lou, uh, who was uh, personal friends of mine. And they just had, had been to different teams and had a little more seasoning about movement of players and just, you know, gave me some some of their trials and tribulations about their travels in the league and how things went. And then with that, as we did that, Ray gets traded to Boston on, on draft night. Right. And that changed a lot. Like, you know, I wanted to come play with Cove, obviously, because we were friends, real friends. And then when I couldn't actually get in contact with him and it was just taking so long to be able to have a conversation with him, I, I had to make a decision. You know, I know Ray, I knew Paul. And I knew what their work ethics were like. And I was sitting up and thinking, like, am I going to get two better players than this? Mm-hmm. Like, especially at the guard forward position. Like, like, no, like, man, you know, to get something other than that, I don't, I don't know if I can get them both. So I looked at the Boston opportunity as probably my best opportunity, just playing with other greats that was that could just make me better. And then uh, not even understanding that they had guys like T.A., they had Kendra Perkins, they had a young Rajon Rondo, they had young uh, – big baby that they got from the draft and Leon Poe and just good pieces that actually you can actually grow into and to be there for the following year. So I looked at it like it was a bigger and probably longevity play with Boston. And uh, I had to make the decision, but yeah, I wanted to play with Cole. And uh, I think we played the first time we played uh, each other after uh, I had got to Boston. I think it was either Christmas or something. And he's like, man, why you ain't call me? And I was like, man, I don't want to hear that shit. <laughs> You kind of see my face. I'm like this on the free throw line. I'm like, man, I don't want to hear that shit, man. He's like, man, what number you calling? I was like, man, stop. You got yeah. me. You, you saw my messages. Your bodyguard, your security, they told you. I know they did. Yeah. Man, I was in China, man. Man, hold on. And he wanted to have the conversation right there. I was all, I was, I was, I was, I was like, hey, this it's over. Man, you didn't want, want to come down there. Yes, I did. You know, I ain't going to tell me what I wanted. Man. I, try, I, I chased you, dog. What you want me to do, man? You want me to come to China? <laughs> I mean, was, selfishly, yeah. as a fan, I would have loved to have watched you guys play. But then the flip side to that is watching you two play against each other oh, was yeah. absolutely, like, yeah. I think that's you know, a high it's level. It's better for us. You know, like, he gets pow. It's like, I don't even know if fans were ready for, like, oh, my God, KG <laughs> and Kobe are going to play together. Because that wasn't really happening like that back then. But then you go and you pair it. You know, I just think it was a great, those finals, like, to me, that was such an influential time. That, that was some high-level basketball for me as a fan watching. You know, back then, man, you was you were so prone to wanting to do things. You wanted things to happen as they were happening, and um, 
we were all growing at the same time. I met Kobe in uh, 95 when he was right before he came out and excuse me, 96 in Philly when uh, he came and saw uh, me play against the 76ers our last game. And we had a conversation and we was friends ever since. So we both were coming from the high school ranks of wanting to be the next and having all this, you know, this, this desire mm -hmm. and this passion of, and this vision. Like when we sat and we talked, I think one time we both messed our ankles up and we had to get treatment in the same little whirlpool. And this is when they played in the form. And we had a deep conversation there. And uh, he was similar to Pete. He, he, he and I connected like how P and I connect, you know? How he would approach some things. Some people might look at him like he was kind of odd. I, I didn't see none of that. I actually was, was very parallel with how he looked at some things. Um, he, was, he was a more... Uh, of a less trusting person than than I was. I was a little more uh, trusting of teammates. Cole was a little more um, in tune with his own game and what he thought he brought to the game. Just having a big personality and being able to have a crazy work ethic and and have a crazier vision for himself. You know, to shoot three straight air balls in a major game is not only ballsy, but it's, it says something about how you see yourself. And then to fail and to be criticized and people come at you like, man, you're the reason we're losing and da 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 and you ain't passing. And, and he just stayed, of course, to what he thought and what he saw for himself. So, you know, it was, we always saw each other in the summers. You know, the UCLA, the LMU runs were never less than uh, magical. Um, the times in which we actually uh, interacted was uh, was always just as magical. And uh, anytime I was there for his first uh, All Star game when we, when we when he started in New York, it was the first and last time I saw him nervous. And every time I saw him, I would always bring it up. And then you know how nervous you was in New York. He was all nervous. Mike and all this. Man, I was nervous. Man, I was, man, he was nervous as shit. But I was on some fuck that. We finna go out here. We the young bulls. We next, all these old heads, they finna come off. They finna be, this finna be our league. Now I was on that and I was dapping. Hey, I'm, hey, look, I'm coming for you. Look for me when we get out here, I'm throwing it. Don't be shocked, I'm throwing it. And the first, I think first, second fast break we had, it came to me and I, I think I looked down, I dribbled and I threw it and he went and got it. And it was to pass to God and he caught that motherfucker two hands. <laughs> he caught that shit two hands. And that was kind of, that was kind of me and Cole, man. We was always locked in. We always had a vision. We was always tenacious. We always played hard. And we always wanted to win. I can always respect being for that. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy that he's gone, bro. Don't even feel like it. You know what I'm saying? No. That that, Those, some of the, that some still of the won't feel. That whole thing won't days. feel real. You know, right. there's another kind of amazing connection, right? Like, your MVP in 2004, you played all 82. I think the last player to win MVP and play all 82 was Kobe. You know, so you mm. got, it's only a five-year period, but I don't think anyone in between you and Kobe's MVP also played 82. I think there was a few, 70, I think Dirk played like 78, something like that. But, I, and that's something I don't think we'll ever see another MVP playing all 82 at load manager and all that. Like, certainly understanding like the physical aspects of, but I don't know, I just, how do you look at that? Like with your career, like, could you have benefited at all? Sure, physically, but like mentally, it's like, all right, KG, you're going to play 70 this year. We're going to get, we're going to have 70 from you. We're going to rest your body. You get paid for 82. They pay <laughs> you for 82. They pay you for 10 uh, exhibition games. They pay you for the playoffs. Yep. They don't pay you to play 70. They pay you to play 82. 
You understand? And then that says something about you on both sides of the ball. You know what kind of stamina you got to be? You know what kind of shape you got to be? You know what's got to be in your heart to play 82? Ain't no fucking trainer sit me down. Shut your ass up. Be the trainer. Tape the ankles and move. Have this equipment out here, bro. Let me go out here and be great. Let me show you I can work through this. It says a lot, man, when you can actually perform and you're not at 100% or you're not at your best or you're not physically at your best. But mentally, I thought that I was just as sharp and just as strong as anybody in this league to be able to prepare myself and to play against anybody. I didn't care what it was. If I had, if I could walk, I was good. Wow. And, you know, I just, we just carried it different. You know what I'm saying? Like these kids now look at it different. You know, we just carried that whole thing different. You know, to play 82 games, I think in a stem of like 15 years, I missed like four games or something. And, you know, I think two of those is I was sick. One, I got suspended. And another, I, I don't even remember. But to play 82 games used to say something about your stamina and who you were as a player. And that's on both sides of the ball. I ain't talking about taking a break, going down. I'm talking about guarding the other team's best player and then going down here, being the best player on your team, scoring the ball. Yeah, that's yeah, that's swag within itself. That's enough said. That's a drop the mic. You ain't even got to talk on that. That's talking for itself. You feel me? Hey, I've got to ask before we let you go, how tall are you really? Because I know no! you didn't want to be listed at seven feet, but you got to be seven feet. <laughs> he ain't going to say. He's not going to say. <laughs> Listen, my shoe's off. Yeah. Socks on, ashy feet and all. <laughs> I am 6'11 and a half. Not seven feet. Yeah, and I'm Not 125 pounds. We can't keep lying about this. I think it's widely accepted that you are seven feet. He's not seven what? feet. I know. I'm with KG on this one, Olivia. He's not seven. Oh. That's a 6'11 and a halfer. <laughs> Thank you. And when they go and, and when you go to physicals, I think they make you take your shoes off, yeah. right? Yeah. And you shrink as you get older. You shrink as you, you get shrink. older. I shrink a little bit. I'm like 16 and a half. Right, you might be like 6'10 and three quarters. So, uh, okay, actually, Last thing I got to ask you, your Celtic squad is a favorite twin at all. They look great. What did you learn about them from watching them this week or maybe some competition they may face? Listen, um, I had a big question mark with the, with the Celtics just because I didn't know how they were going to react to or respond to, you know, all the stuff that's been going on with the latest with the head coach and just, you know, just uh, being a huge distraction uh, or the potential of something being a huge distraction. Um, watching them play last night, they looked like they they were playing, I want to say angry, but they looked like they had a chip on their shoulder. I actually thought uh, this year with what uh, the 76ers did with a lot of movement and additions to their team actually got better on paper. But when I watched last night, the ball stuck. You know, they went to Embiid a lot. They went to um, James Harden a mm -hmm. lot. James Harden went to one-man basketball, exhausting kind of like 10 to 12 seconds with the, um, with the shot clock. And I didn't feel like they got enough possessions. I watched the, I watched the Celtics have not only uh, a rapid pace, but then I'm, I'm watching their depth. I'm watching Brogdon come off the bench. I'm watching the different combinations of what it can be when Rob Williams comes back. And yeah, I didn't take in, I didn't, I, like you need to see something first. And yeah, I, I took, I took the 76ers out of there. I don't think they're playing fast enough or I don't think their pace is where I think it needs to be to be able to play in this league, but I'm not a coach. I don't suit up and get it ready every night for this. I'm just observation and, and just seeing what I see, but I didn't see young Maxie who I love 
uh, Tyrese Maxey uh, for the Sixers. When I see them up and down, he's a problem. To, he's a problem for every team. And last night he was just he was just basic. He he didn't really and, and, and he didn't really have an influence on the game like I know of him to be. And um, yeah, I was a bit shocked. So um, I didn't know that the Celtics were gonna come off with that chip on their shoulder like that. They was playing angry, and then to get seventy points from your superstars. Like yeah, that made me that made me not only apologize, but I had to put them on my top four after seeing that because mm. uh, you know on paper everybody looks good until you have to play. So yeah, but the the Celtics look like they're determined, and I hope that they continue to play with that determination, and I hope that determination carries them back to the finals to get a to, to get a rematch. Man, we well, have so much more we'd like to ask you, but we gotta let you go. But yeah. This is- Really great of you to share your time. Thank you. It's all good, man. Uh, Jerry, uh, Olivia, I want to say congratulations, man. You know, shout to uh, always. Yeah. always we always got to show them some love. Yes. Shout out to my dog, Kim, over there and everybody. But congratulations on your joint, man. Let me know if you ever need something from me, man. We jump back on here, talk it up. And uh, we got to get you on my joint, KG Certified, when you guys get a chance, all right? Yes. And you're going to get a call about uh, the 19-year-old entourage of you. Uh, that that should be a Let's show. Get and uh, Let's, get, let's do it together then. That's what, that's what I'm saying. We got we to gotta make that happen. And, uh, and yeah, I, I look forward to what movie you're going to pop up in next as your IMDb continues to grow. So thank you hey, very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Olivia, tell your father I said hello. I man. Will. Thank y'all for having me, man. All the best, man. Thanks, Big Ticket. Take care. My dog. I'll talk to y'all later, man. Congrats, Pete. We sure missed you last week. Uh, I got to say, though, in your absence, Jerry did pretty good. And I actually got a lot of people on Twitter telling me they're winning with Jerry's picks. So I don't know. What do you have to say for yourself, Mr. Ferrara? I took Pete's on the hot seat now this week, but I do <laughs> like him coming in with, like I said, that he's a new guy, new man, started a new chapter in his life. I said it last time he was on. This is a new chapter in this segment. So, Pete. Where's your mind at going into this week? It's a tricky week. It's a tricky week. So let's, uh, you got your 10 units as always. How you spreading them out this week? Yeah, there's only one good reason that, or one good thing about not being on the show last week. I had no losing picks. So we are, <laughs> we are starting from scratch, like you said, married man. Um, this is a tricky week. There's some, I think we called it some shady lines a couple weeks ago. I see a lot of that this week. A couple backups in, a couple questionable lines. We'll start with Thursday. So like you said, as, as always, we do our 10 units. I have two, unlike most weeks where I do one, I have two units on this OGP for Thursday Night Football. So it's Saints at cards. I love the cards here, minus two and a half. I was going back and forth on Moneyline. I think you take the value with the two and a half points. On the Saints side, Kamara to score an anytime touchdown. Obviously, focal point of their offense still with Michael Thomas banged up. Just a lot of inconsistency around quarterback. So I like Kamara. 20 yards receiving and the anytime touchdown. And then return of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the start of the Robbie Anderson era at receiver two mm-hmm. with, um, with Hollywood out. So I think this is a new dynamic to the team. Obviously, Tyler, Cliff Kingsbury, everybody have been really struggling. I think this is that kind of breath of energy that they've needed. So uh, the four of those things, plus 825, like I said, two units on that. 
Um, so a nice little payday, $165 plus, uh, plus your stake. So really like that tomorrow. We're not getting too crazy, but I think really good odds there. Yeah, I really, I, you got to imagine they get in the red zone. They're at the very least throwing fades to Hopkins, right? Even if he's not the big, you know, vertical threat that he once was coming back, you got to imagine that. I can't believe Kamara's only over 20 receiving yards. That almost seems wrong. That's fantastic. Yeah. I know you're going to hit one of these. I just want to be around when you do. So I think this one uh, might be it. Okay, so you got eight units left. Yeah, so I'm going four and four on the last two. The first one, Titans minus two and a half against the Colts. This line makes zero sense to me. That kind of scares me a little bit. But seven-point win a couple weeks ago. I think they played on October 2nd. Um, and this was amidst the Titans not looking great, one and two at the time. I think they've obviously turned mm -hmm. a corner. First-place team now. If Taylor plays, uh, that's a big question mark. He's obviously been banged up for a couple weeks. I think he's slated to play. He had 20 attempts for 42 yards against this Titans defense a couple weeks ago. He has not been himself. Uh, that team, like I said, all over the place. Matt Ryan last week threw something like 58 or 60 times. There is never a good recipe when you have probably the best running back in the league and you're throwing 60 times. Um, so if that happens this week with Taylor in, uh, I think this could be a blowout. So uh, Titans at home minus two and a half, four units, uh, and obviously minus 110 there. I love that one. And I do think Matt Ryan's over-under pass attempts should always be less than his age. I think if he starts throwing more <laughs> pass attempts than his age, I think you are. Although they did find something, but I do, I do like that. Okay, you got four units left, and I think you're about to really speak my language here. Yeah, so we talked about this. I always, uh, you know, every year I go in and kind of feel out the first three or four weeks of the season, where the lines are at. It's been a really, really good year for the book, but there are some fishy, fishy lines this week. So I've done a three-team teaser um, and near, accidentally near and dear to your guys' hearts. So Giants, these are all six-point teasers, by the way. So Giants plus nine, Packers plus one and a half, and the Jets plus seven. So Giants on the road in Jacksonville, who have not been a good home team. The Giants are on fire. This line didn't make sense to me as they were plus three on the true line. I think they obviously come, come in and win outright. Brian Dabble has been everything that every Giants fan, I think, is hoped for. The team is overperforming, probably in every dimension. Danny Dimes is doing what he needs to do. Saquon, somewhat back to his uh, healthy self. And then Jacksonville on the other side, weird team to me. I'd never know what they're doing at running back with Etienne or Robinson. I think they're still that in-between team, making strides with Trevor Lawrence. But I see Giants coming in outright. I could see this being a home game for them, too, with, with a lot of traveling G-Men fans. The second one, the Packers, plus one and a half. Another weird line at the Commanders. Taylor Heineke, quarterback with Carson Wentz out four to six weeks. This actually might be better for the Commanders with yeah. Heineke. Um, but Livia's Pack are coming off two pretty, pretty crappy losses. So I think they have to right the ship a little bit. I think Bucks are in a similar sense where um, you got to kind of get back to where you're supposed to be. I think they're three and three right now. So I think this is the start of it. A not so good Washington commanders team. So Olivia definitely uh, Packers win this game. And I protected myself with that extra point there. I like it. And then the jets at the Broncos. I mean, another week that the Broncos offense just looked awful. I mean, I saw a meme of Russell Wilson throwing with his helmet upside down where that's seemingly what it looks like where he's just blindfolded when he's throwing the ball. They are all over the place. And again, Jets, another team that are just in the right direction. They have the favorite for offensive rookie of the year and the favorite for defensive rookie of the year with Brees Hall, Sauce Gardner. Is Brees the so, favorite now? 
he is the favorite as of uh, a couple days ago. So <sighs> you got to ride the young guys. Uh, Zach Wilson's doing enough on that team, I think, to to keep them in a in a good position. Obviously behind the Bills, but um, they are doing enough. I think you're going to see a lot more of Garrett Wilson with Zach Wilson. That kind of connection will continue to improve like it did with Flacco the first couple weeks. So this whole teaser together, for those of you that don't know what a teaser is, essentially we're just adding points to each respective team. So I added six points in favor of each of those teams, so they're protected a bit. So it's plus 140, so it's 50 to win 120. Uh, I really like this one. Like I said, I can see all three of these teams winning outright, mm -hmm. but you're protected by a couple yeah. points. So even if there is that last-minute upset, you're probably still covered. That's a good one. I like that. I like that. Jerry, are you... On it with the Giants and Jets, especially? Uh, you know, I'm on it. I do like it. Um, and even to, like, to his point about moving the Packers, like even crossing the zero line into that one and a half, that's just extra protection, really, in case it's a, a, they lose. If they do lose, you're betting that they're going to lose by one. I'm look, both New York teams in a teaser that always scares me only because, but that's emotional stuff for me. That has nothing to do with lines and numbers, which Pete is a lot better at than I am. So I do, I do. And anytime you could, you're essentially getting plus odds and you're getting six points. Like it, it's, it's a no brainer. I, I would definitely follow that one too, but I really still, I love your, your uh, parlay the most of all these, but I think you have a really strong card right now. Absolutely. And we're getting into a really fun time this week. So uh, Thursday, when this drops sports equinox, you have MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL all on throughout the course of one day, which is crazy. And then similar to last is week. Is it too much, Pete? It, is it too much? Jerry thinks it's too much. Not if you're in the BetMGM office and you have TVs <laughs> by the bar. With the new bar? Yeah. Right. Well, when uh, you're with two screaming kids at 7 o'clock who both want food, they both want to eat Apple Jacks for dinner, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And But then Sunday, similar to last week, you have Yanks, Giants, Jets all playing. I think that parlay would have hit for like 20 to 1 if you bet on all three teams yeah. to win. Maybe that's a little extra if you're a Yanks fan like me, uh, like me and Jerry. Maybe you, you sprinkle a little on there, but it's going to be an awesome weekend for sure. Well, Sports Equinox. Yeah, Pete, great. it's great to have you back. We missed you. Uh, and I really do believe that this is starting. Not only did you start a new chapter of your life, which is fantastic. I think you started a new chapter on Unleashed this week. Well, I'm a fan of you too. And we got to get that Unleashed family dinner on the book. So Pete, thanks again for joining us. Congratulations, my man. Thanks, guys. Talk later. Later, Pete. All right, Olivia, I think that's going to do it. Uh, one of my favorite shows. I love them all, but the fact that we just got to talk to Kevin Garnett. Uh, yeah, I, 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 one of my favorite interviews we've done. And welcome basketball back, everybody. But we're still, yeah. we're still, we're still loving you, football. We still can't quit you. So thank you, everybody, for listening. And, uh, yeah, good luck this weekend, everybody. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Next week we got Andre Reed. We can ask him about his bills, what he thinks uh, their ceiling is this year. It's going to be a good one next week. All right. Take care, everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.